ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> well, good. Good. I'm glad. Oh, you haven't I'm- watched Avatar, so that's lost on you. Yeah. Wait. Av- oh, that Avatar. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Well, sorry about that. Welcome, everyone, to Of the Publishing Persuasion. I'm Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle. It comes out on Halloween of 2023, two months away, just two. And I'm here with the happy queen herself, the showstopper, scene stealer that is Melanie Schubert. Did you get a haircut, Melanie? No, you haven't yet. I didn't. Honestly, this beach has house repayments to pay now. I don't know if I can keep my... (laughs) I'm like trying to decide whether to grow it out or not. It's in a weird place. It's in a weird place. I'm sorry you have to see it like this. (laughs) I think when we first met, your hair was longer though. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It was when we very first met, it was down past my boobs and it was shaved on one side. Was it that long? Gosh, my memory apparently is really bad my memory is shot lately um i don't remember anything i can't remember see i can't even remember what i can't remember that's how bad i've gotten that's all right i like honestly when we were moving and i didn't do the pod for a while when we came back to it like i almost had to reteach myself everything because i was just like even basic stuff i was like where do i go to check the computer memory because sometimes I, I should have got a different laptop. Sometimes the, if I don't delete our episodes, it fills up and yeah. then it doesn't have room for the new ones. So I always <laughs> have to check. And I was like, where do I go to do that? And I was just like, I guess it's short-term memory, right? Like, so if you're not using it all the time, your brain is like, oh, I guess we don't need that. <laughs> our, our brains have to be picky. It seems yeah. like the older we get. They're hard, the harder they work, poor things. Poor things. Uh, honestly, I think if I didn't meditate, I wouldn't remember anything. Like, <laughs> uh, I need to get back into, well, no, I not back in. I never got into meditating. <laughs> I need to try to get back into it again. Try And I need to get into my affirmations again. Mm-hmm. I used to walk and do my affirmations. I just haven't. So I need to get back into that. The wild part is... It's like, honestly, Maybe that'll be my hobby. Maybe that'll be my hobby. You know what? That's not a bad idea, but it's so like, I don't know if you find the same, but it's like, kind of like when you need that stuff the most, it's the easiest to forget it. Do you find mm. that? Like, yeah, I probably should have been meditating and doing yoga every day while we were moving. Cause it was so stressful, but it just, I found that my brain was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Like it would just forget or it would just like no let's just stay here but like yeah I'm trying to form those habits that it's like actually because I know you think I'm this like meditating I feel like such a fraud when you're like the happiest girl (laughs) (laughs) just like (laughs) no but I am some days I'm the roller coaster girl you know like she has big feelings sometimes they're big happy Sometimes they're big existential crises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I love that. Like my partner is very similar. He feels Mm. everything, every emotion. And it's one of my favorite things, but also it's 
it's, it's can be a little annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, but I love it because yeah, it's like this range. Like you just feel the world, which like I'm sure it can be also hard too because you feel everything. A hundred percent. Like it's when it's good, it's like the most magical thing in the world. Like your your brain puts you like you're the freaking main character in a Disney film when it's like on a real high. But then yeah, when it's low, it's like the dark night of the soul low, you know. It's You're a- living through your own beat sheet, like on the daily. I mean, I'd be lying if I disagreed with that. <laughs> it is a vibe, but meditation helps keep keep that. Like honestly, I I complain, but not really because before I started meditating, it was like I I didn't know that I could like change that. I would just go with the roller coaster nonstop, and it's up down up down up down. But like now it's more like more even and like the lows are not as low. So I we can do one together. The one I'm doing right now. Right now. Right now. Let's, no. just, let's just do it right now on the show. <laughs> together with our listeners, relax and drift away to the sound of my voice. I don't know what voice I'm doing. <laughs> no. I you could do I think you could do a like a like a YouTube meditation you know where it's like the voice and they're like uh, yeah center yourself yeah. I don't I don't know what they do relax and listen to the sound of your breath again I'm like doing Fraser Crane's voice or something <laughs> I don't know why it's happening it's just I don't know the voice has just come out <laughs> anyway <laughs> I love this chaotic opening for us yeah, it's it's on brand. It's, it's on, on brand. brand. How yeah. are you, my friend? I'm good. Today is like my first day where I I feel I'm good. I bathed. I took a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I am fresh. My hair is washed. Um, I good. finished. Thank you, thank you. I finished my like very the probably the most intense revisions I've gone through. Um, I finished last night, <clears throat> so I feel like uh, I can finally focus on other things. So I've just been getting back to messages I've been putting off, like mm. emails, cleaning, work. I, I put off. I've been putting off quite a bit. But then you know, also this last weekend, I got like food poisoning or some sort of flu, no. so it took me out. Um, so. And I have to wonder, because no one else in my family is sick and we all eat, you know, we've eaten the same things, whatever. My Like my mom was just saying, maybe you just ran your body like too low to the ground and it just kind of like any small thing just triggered it. Mm. And, and it probably is true. And, and it's true. Like you, you really do sacrifice the little things that you need while you're in like panic mode mm. and those little things you need are the things to keep you from burning out. Yeah. Um, so true what you said. It's like, literally like even small things like taking a nice warm shower. Yeah. Like relaxing. I wasn't doing, I was like, whatever I could, like every spare moment was for the revision. Um, mm. So next time 
I'll do better. But I did ask for like a mini extension and that helped so much. I was able to finish. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel very relieved that I'm done for now. I'm sure it's going to come back again pretty soon, but, um, I'm really happy where the second book is going. It's, it's really fun and, and like really sweet in, in these little spots and the characters I really adore. So, um, I think it's going to be fun and yeah. And so we picked like a cover artist today. I got like confirmation on who it's going to be and it's, it's someone new and it's really going to be, I think, perfect. And yeah, so I'm doing good. If you would have asked me two days ago, how I was doing, it would have been completely different story. Mm -hmm. Um, But today I feel great. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) It's relatable, my friend. It's the roller coaster of this life, isn't it? Like, there's just some days it's the, the it's the down roller coaster. But yeah, like, I don't know why we're like this, like this, because you're right. Like, yeah, that's what we're saying. Like, doing those little self care things that could can help you manage it. But yeah, when you're in the zone, it, that's like that hyper focus of like, I've got to get it done. I've got to get it done. Yeah. But, yeah, I think for me, I've found that it's like, it's generally not some big overnight transformation. It's generally like year by year, I chip away and I do a little better every time, you know? Yeah. And and that's why I like you said, next time I'll do better because that's all we can do, you know? Like sometimes you, and, and maybe sometimes that's a self-preservation thing as well that you just like get through the task. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think just being kind every time and trying to do, trying to give yourself permission to do all the self-care stuff I find is like hard because it does feel almost like indulgent or something, but you can't do the things, you can't be the things to anyone or anything that matters if your cup isn't full yourself. That's like, and yeah, your body was this like, beach, my cup is empty. <laughs> yeah, she's like, and now you're gonna empty everything out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not a, it wasn't a pleasant uh, weekend. I'll just tell you that much. Mm. She, she was, she was vomiting. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, and I, I mean, who likes it? But I really, really hate throwing up. I really do. Mm, same. It's exhausting to your body. Like the act of it, I always feel so drained. The rare times the rare times it happens, I'm just like, ah, I'm dying. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought this is it. I'm done. It does feel well, like now, that. It does. I'm like, just take me now. I don't want to do it. Um, yeah. I slept on the, like the bathroom freaking floor. Cause I was like, oh, I just can't. Yeah. So, but I'm better now. I'm so glad. And I'm so excited for a cruel thirst. I, yeah. I needed to lean in to do it. Just sitting yeah. here like, a cruel thirst <laughs> was not a vibe. <laughs> I'm so excited for a cruel thirst. Beautiful, beautifully done. That was perfect. That no, right? I'm excited too. I It's going to be really, really fun. Um, Yeah. So it's very, very, I don't know. Like, I just love the characters. They're just so sassy um in a very fun way so 
I love that. Even in your first draft or your early draft that I read, the character, the humor, you really lent into your humor this time. And I really love that. Thank you. I did. She's a funny beast. She's a funny beast. And (laughs) yes, I did. Yeah. Like Cinder's Isle was a lot, maybe a little more angry. You know, it was a darker time. I mean, it's not much has changed. (laughs) (laughs) But mentally, I'm in a different place than where I was there. So, mm. so things have sh- shifted. We'll we'll see what how the third one looks. <laughs> yes. Do you know what you want to work on next? I do. I've been working. Um, my Larissa, my agent, yeah. and I have been kind of slowly working on a pitch. So we're going to meet next week and and start discussing. But I mean, after this revision, I'm. I'm not ready to do yeah, it. Right. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I'm just going to watch One Piece and like whatever else. I, when does RuPaul come back on? Damn it. I know. The Australian one is on at the moment, but it wasn't giving this. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I'm sorry, Australian Drag Race. I'm sorry. I want to love you so bad. Um, No, I do love it. But that one's on. It's just. um. It's a bit less polished. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much hate for saying this. It's just a little bit less polished than the American one, but there's something very joyous about it in that as well. So if you want yeah. to laugh, there's the Australian drag race. But one piece is all your soul needs. I knew you would love it because yeah. it's Oh, the storyline is actually so deep and so powerful. And I, what I'm proud about you attempting it is Luffy is actually annoying. The main character at the start, he's a bit annoying. He's not your standard heartthrob MC. Even in the anime, I found him annoying at the start. But he becomes so like uh, the character development and just like the nuance that they capture it's just yeah I I started watching it like oh like 10 years ago when we were on night shift and I sometimes and I was a flight attendant then so I'd come home at like random hours and Phil would still be at work random hours so I'd be up often at like between 12 and 8 a.m and no one was around, you know, it's not like you have other friends who are up at that time. So at that time is actually when I was like binging one piece. And it's actually when I started writing seriously, <laughs> to oh, be honest, because yeah. I had so much free time when no one else existed. It was just like me in the wee hours of the night. And yeah, so it's, it feels like a great idea to start an anime that has thousands of episodes because it is a big commitment. <laughs> Yeah, well, I haven't gotten to that one. I'm just on the live action one. The other one's a little intimidating. It is intimidating. Have you watched the live action one yet? Yes, I binged it so hard. And, like, they've just done such a good job with it. I was very emotional watching it. Because they've captured the essence of the characters. And, And, again, like, that's the thing with the anime being so drawn out what what is achieved over multiple episodes somehow like damn the actors committed to the characters so hard like so what you're seeing I would say is very true to the feel of and live action adaptations of anime are notoriously bad like notoriously bad so this is quite 
I, it's taking the world by storm. And it's got such a huge cult following already, but I'm excited for the new fans who are going to find it through this medium because, because of how long and hard it is to get into the original. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. Like that's my son kept noting like, oh, this character doesn't come for a long, long time from now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cool how they brought them in and like wove these different stories. And I was like, oh, okay. But for me as like a newcomer, it was mm. all perfect. Like it all just felt so right. And I, every character is so unique and ridiculous yeah. and perfect. And um, I actually, I love, what's his, the main character? What's Luffy. Luffy. I adore him. But yeah. also my daughter did bring up the point. He looks so much like my son. It's really, really funny. <laughs> yes. So maybe that's why, but I just think he's so, I think he's hilarious. He's, he's unique, so but yeah. I know he can rub people the wrong way because do you know what I mean? He's not the typical MC. So sometimes yeah. it can be hard to, but like he has that goofy side and they've allowed it to shine through in the live action, which I didn't expect. A lot of time live action will lose that touch that anime brings, which is quite, with anime you can be like really goofy and they do stuff other mediums can't pull off sometimes. But Mm -hmm. that actor is probably one of the best actors I've seen because he has pulled off that goofy thing and it's endearing. That's really yeah. rare to pull off. It's it, it's easier to, not easier, but like Zoro's character is more atypical, easy to love. Yeah, he's so easy to love. I was like, yes, my king. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> they cast him so well. <laughs> Mama Mel was over here <laughs> swooning and fanning. <laughs> but Phil was too. We were just both like, yes. <laughs> as you both should yeah he was he's fantastic no and then with luffy yeah sorry so bad with names um he had i just finished one episode and he had this like quiet moment where he like took in Mm. kind of like the the heaviness of the situation and his smile sort of like you know shifted a little and i was like oh like it was so perfectly small but it was very impactful i was like oh Great. Oh, you're giving me chills because you're picking up one day I'm going to baptize you into anime because <laughs> you're picking up on all the things that anime does so well. And that's why I'm so impressed with the live action because they did it. They really did it. These, It's the role of a lifetime. And I, obviously, I could gush about this for hours. <laughs> I'm like on the edge of my seat leaning. Do you know what the exciting part was for me? I was posting about it when it came on. And I was like, oh, I guess none of my followers are One Piece people because no one really commented on it. You know, sometimes you put something like, oh, people aren't really into that. But the one person I really wanted to talk about it with, and you're like, yeah, I'm watching. I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I am here and I am ready. I am here for this. Yeah, it's so fun. I love it. Let me know when you finish it, if it makes you cry. I think it might. Uh Oh. Oh, no. Well, no, but in good, it's it's okay. powerful. It's powerful and good. But it it is light as well. It never goes, like, to a place where you're like, I regret watching that. So don't worry about that. Good. Well, I'm excited. We yes. shall more tonight, probably. Yes. Maybe. That's yeah. the perfect soul healing thing to watch. It is. It's really, it's just like a pleasant show. <laughs> like, it's just fun. 
It's so. pleasant and like it really does hit on throughout it. It hits on some really core human things. And that's when we were talking to Paige. Like that's no joke. Watching One Piece like changed a few things like deep intrinsic human things in me. Like it really encouraged me to chase my dreams. I think it was one of the first things I watched where I was just like, I'm going to be the king of the puppets. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because that's what he says all the time. And I was just like, yeah, shit, like life's short. I should chase my dreams. Like I'm going to look. My theory always is that one piece is like the journey and your dreams. I don't, I don't believe there is a one piece treasure. Hot take. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe, <laughs> I believe it's the journey and it's like the ultimate found family. That's the whole thing. There's a word in Japanese, nakama, which is basically loosely translates to found family because that's his crew are his nakama. And obviously I'm obsessed with found family and that theme in books and stuff. So it's like, yeah, the ultimate found family story. I'm going to stop now because obviously I could have a podcast just talking about One Piece. (laughs) I think you I think you should start your own another podcast where you just talk about one piece. But I love I mean, I think that should be the just the new motto in life is I'm gonna be the king of pirates. I think that's just great. Fun fact. This oh. is this has haunted me for years. So when we were in Japan doing our living in the camper van for six months, we came to this region where we were like hiking up a volcano. She was not a dead volcano. She was like warnings like could go off at some point. But I was like, you know, if you're going to go, you might as well go climbing a volcano. Anyway, so we climbed to the like an outlook to the top of one. of. We climbed several. One of the volcanoes we climbed, there was this outlook. And at the time we were watching it, we'd binge, we'd re-binged all of the episodes (laughs) And we were watching them as they came out in Japan, which was a huge novelty. So it was really in my head at the time. And I got to the top of the cliff. It was just us. No one. We hadn't seen anyone. And I, and I was like, I felt like I screamed out at the top of my lungs in Japanese, <laughs> which is I'm going to be the pirate king. <laughs> and I kid you not. Five minutes after I did it, a helicopter flew in and airlifted someone off the opposite mountain. (laughs) Was it my fault? Did something collapse? Did he fall off hearing some random mispronounce? (laughs) Oh, my God. You scared the shit out of him and he tumbled. That's what I think. And he was airlifted away from a alternate mountain by helicopter and it always haunted me because I was like it must have been me screaming my fucking head off off the top of the mountain I'm gonna be the fucking pirate king (laughs) you screamed your head off you scared the shit out of him he went tumbling you almost you we we don't know what happened I might have murdered someone (laughs) Screaming, I think I'm gonna be the king pirate. <laughs> Which is a rookie mistake. You don't scream on the top of mountains anyway. It's like things fall. Things so fall. yes. 
I carry that shame with me to this day. <laughs> this is going to get get to that person somehow. Like his great great grand niece or something's listening to the show and is like, "Oh my god, it was Melanie Schubert." Yeah. And he'll be vindicated. He'll be like, "I knew it. I knew I heard the one piece straw hat screaming off the hills." <laughs> Oh my days! <laughs> that is the visual of all visuals, right there. Like that's sh- there's a book in that. There is a book in that story, right there. Yes, you have to tell your son that story. Hopefully, he won't judge me too harshly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he he might a little bit, but he still, will. He will. <laughs> really, really, it's a really good freaking story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Speaking uh. of good stories. I have this. I haven't decided what I'm going to do to give it away yet. This is an anthology, This Fresh Hell, with, uh, actually, it's edited by Katya, our girl Katya oh. de Besseda, but she's Very also got cool. a gorgeous story in here. It's so cute. It's actually really cute for a horror story, hers. Like, it's spooky, but it's really sweet and deep as well. So I went, this is actually signed by six of the contributing authors. Now, one of them did sign to me. Somewhere in the book it says to Melanie because I think she assumed it was for me. But that's just a bonus for the lucky listener to get this copy of This Fresh Hell. So keep an eye out on our page at Pub Persuasion. I'm going to give this away. Um, Gorgeous little horror anthology. So if you want to get your hands on that, keep your eyes on our Instagram page and you may be the one to walk away with a copy and I'm going to open internationally. So that is so nice of you, Melanie. You were such a, you're just a gift giving person. I'm just the gift that keeps giving. Yes, you are. I mean, you offered Paige earrings. I will. Good. Do you know, I think it just shocks me that people like my earrings. So I'm like, I'm like a happy puppy. If somebody's like, oh, I love those earrings. I'm like, I'll make you a pet. (laughs) <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, I love that. Okay, one one question I have for you. Okay, yeah. now this is a serious. I it's something I've it's, it's been weighing on me. I've been really just like <laughs> Melanie. I'm trying to tell you something serious, and you're sorry, giggling. sorry, sorry. Listen, don't laugh at me. Is there snow in Australia? <laughs> dumb question let's be honest because <laughs> like something like 90 percent of australia is desert like yeah yeah so it's not a stupid question but um as soon as you go up into the hilly parts yeah there's snow you so you guys do have snow there yeah it's... I've, I've been thinking about this since last <laughs> have you i could have googled it i know i could have googled it but i thought you know what who needs google i have a, I have a true blue australian over here so yeah you guys... we have it it's just like even up in the mountains, there'd be parts or like as soon as summer comes, it melts. There's not much. There are places you could still find snow, I'm sure, in summer. I th- I think, yeah, as soon as you go over a certain height, there can be snow there at any time. But like it's not like growing up, I think we had snow twice in Melbourne. It's not a common occurrence. Not like, a thing. Okay. Yeah, very, very I had to know, you know, in, in my head, I just think Outback or 
Gold Coast. That's all I see. I mean, you're not far off. (laughs) We do also have like a bit of like rainforest. Oh, I did see. Actually, I watched um, Zac Efron. I didn't, I don't think I've watched it all, but his second, he does like a show where he like talks about environmental issues and he like goes tramping around Mm. and stuff. But he, his whole thing last season, I think was in Australia and they're, they were in a really cool forest. And I think that's where I learned about, um, what are those things? Koalas having chlamydia. (laughs) It's an important (laughs) fact to know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) just in case. Yeah, Just- apparently it's like quite a problem. <laughs> <laughs> These rowdy koalas spreading their STDs left, right, and center. <laughs> this feels very Australian. It just feels right. Um, how it does. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks but, for um, answering my question about that. I was just really, really, you know, hard hitting questions. I come, you know, it's important to know these things. Well, do you guys not get snow ever there, huh? No, yeah, we could snow. Not not here, like in my city so much or town. Mm. I mean, maybe like one day you'll get like a little and then that's it. But yeah. maybe like 45 minutes to an hour up, they get snow. Mm. Do you like it? No. Nah, me neither. Okay, here's here's the question because I've been noticing <laughs> my mood has shifted. And because the the season has is slowly shifting uh, into fall, into spooky season. Mm. Now, do you what season is your favorite? Like, what is Mel? What is her time? Well, I'm born in autumn, so I do tend to love autumn. But like early autumn, I love when it's still hot during the day, cool at night, all the leaves falling. These days, it tends to be like summer kind of leaks into autumn I do you know what my honest answer is I think I'd get bored if it was one season I always think this if it was always but yeah like I do I do look forward to temperate weather like the old soul that I am (laughs) 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 why what about you I'm I'm an I'm a cold like not too cold yeah but like a chunky cardigan the Mm. leaves are colorful we're having our coffee in hand. We're wearing boots. Like that's a vibe. I, I, it's a vibe. I I feel like it's very. There's something speaks to my soul. It feels very like Salem esque. Like witches, mm. witches are arising. Um, I love so, that. Yeah, I feel very witchy at this time of year. I do love. Is it still warm? Warming. Okay. Yes, I'm pretending it's not. It's it's still warm, mm. but. In my mind, I've shifted. Well, I think it's perfect because you get all seasons in fall in a way because you kind of get the warmth. You can you can still go lay out in the sun because I think if it's when I hate winter because it gets too dark and eventually I start to feel emo from how dark it is. Whereas with autumn, it's like you've got the long you've still got long days. You can, but I I also love that kind of cozy with a cup of coffee. You don't want it to feel like the eternal winter in Narnia, you know? I need that shit to end as well. (laughs) Now, before we go too far into our autumn convo, we have to do Sinner's Isle Corner because there's lots of exciting things happening. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, I don't know what... I know. Events. Let's talk about your events. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I have um like I have like a little mini tour that's happening. Um it's, I don't know. I think I overdid myself, but um on Halloween, on the actual launch day, I'll be at a seat at the table, which is like this really great indie bookstore. Um, and we're gonna be wearing costumes and just like living costumes. it up. Yeah, we're doing costumes and everything. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. I don't know if I'm going pirate or if I'm going mm-hmm. witch. I haven't decided yet. Um yeah, so I'm excited. Oh my gosh, and- you could go your face half and half. Could you go Ooh. half and half? I should try I should try. You that. should try. I love that. Okay, I might do that. Or no, that I like that better. Um, and then that Saturday, so November 4th, I'll be at the Barnes and Noble in my local area. So that'll be fun. And Margie Fuston is going to be my in conversation buddy. So that'll be really, really fun. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, I'm going to Y'all Fest hmm? over in South Carolina, um, hopping on a plane, doing that. Yeah, you and are. Yes, I am. And then after that, I'll be in Los Angeles at the Ripped Bodice um, with Nicola Yoon and David Yoon. Um, So, (laughs) and then after that, you'll never see me again. (laughs) Yeah, you'll need a big rest after that. Yeah. So it's happening. I've got two months countdown, probably even less than that at this point. Yeah, maybe just a little bit less, but it's happening and I'm really, really excited it's so so close now and so I have to implore our listeners being that I'm on the other side of Australia please go to the events on my behalf get the photos with our girl tag the podcast I want to see it all and yeah it's it's so close my friend it's nibbling at the heels now I love that you're doing a costume party I didn't know that that's going to be the event to be at oh I'm really excited and it was the um the store the ladies at the store the booksellers idea and they're gonna like they have like a little um bar there and um coffee shop and they're gonna mix certain drinks and the whole bit so I just like I'm so excited about that event even if it's not a big event like I'm just so excited for them putting that on for me it's just an honor so I'm happy about it but yeah I know. Well, speaking of debuts, yes. Let's bring on Paige Powers, who honestly, like, we had way too much fun chatting mm-hmm. with Paige. He is, he's just, he's just a buddy already. And you know, uh, as a fellow non-hobbyist, <laughs> I, you know, I really fell for Paige today. <laughs> I just feel you on the other end. I just like was cackling. But you, it was a moment. You had a moment with Paige and it was like, I, you felt seen and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Paige. And thank you, Melly, for calling that out for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll always call it out. <laughs> you did. We, we both appreciate it. I speak for Paige now. He and I are one. <laughs> We've trauma bonded. <laughs> would, would you like me? Oh, she did a little snort too. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, you got a snort out of me. I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh my. Well, yeah. do you want me to do the intro? I think you did it last time. Yes, I did. I'll be nice. Okay. 
Paige Powers was raised by his favorite gay-coded video game characters. They taught him how to soften his gaze at a homie, sacrifice his lifespan for a bro, and kill a kiss. Oh, kill or kiss. He's definitely just a pal. Now he writes stories with this wealth of knowledge. His books include The Borrow a Boyfriend Club and The Forthcoming and They Were Roommates. Paige also helps with music soundtracks, sobs over The Untamed, and unfortunately plays Genshin Impact. Originally from Michigan, he lives in <laughs> the New York City area. I'm sorry if I said Gen- Genshin Impact wrong. I apologize. I will look it up after the show. Mm-hmm. You don't know? You don't know? Hang on, I'm not looking at the fire. <laughs> it looks like but Genshin. Yeah, but that's Paige plays it. Whatever it is. I'm sure it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Although it says and unfortunately plays. <laughs> so so now I'm more curious. Um it must have like a like a bad rep not a bad reputation, but you know those things where people are like, oh, like my hero academia gets a bad rap that like the fans are very a certain way. It may be uh, that kind of thing where like it's got like kind of a notorious reputation. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to we'll have to ask yeah. sometime. <laughs> is that the what? end of the bio yeah oh <laughs> i just stopped Stopped. <laughs> but like you didn't do the thing you know when you finish reading something <laughs> oh and now let's bring Paige onto the show oh no, just like it felt like you ended mid-sentence <laughs> okay hold on let me try this again Paige also helps with music soundtracks, sobs over the untamed, and unfortunately plays Genshin Impact. Originally from Michigan, he lives in the New York City area. Mm. Let's bring on Paige motherfucking powers. Yes. There we go. She's back. (laughs) She's back. (laughs) It could be my fault. I was too busy cackling over whatever we were tackling over in that moment <laughs> my confusion <laughs> oh my gosh I needed this app today this filled my rider heart cup <laughs> you look cute I like are those planets on your your chichis yeah oh cute got some globes <laughs> got some globes happening on my globes <laughs> And I was right. feeling like you know I used to really dress up for the pod, and I've been sla- I've been slipping lately. <laughs> That's true. You have. That is very. I'm just kidding. No, it is true. And I was like, I don't know. I just felt like putting something cute on today. So I also go through waves where I'm like, I just want to live in like ripped jeans and t-shirts and very plain soft grays and blacks. Like I go through a wave, and then I'm like, no, I need color. And then yeah. I'll want color and it's just up and down. Up and down. <laughs> Is, do you think it's like with the seasons? Are the seasons shifting over there? I think it's my, depends on my mood. Like if I'm feeling big and bad and like, or I want to feel big and bad, I probably like to dress bright. But if I'm like, nobody look at me. Although it's not consistent because there's plenty of days where I'm like, I look so hot in this torn sweater. And then plenty <laughs> of days where I'm just like, wow, wow, I look like trash in that dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's completely inconsistent don't try to understand it it's there's it's no like, understanding 
she's a she's a fickle girl that's okay <laughs> well he's here shall we let him in yes let's get Paige in. i'm excited i'm yeah. pumped same pumped. when the photo comes up i'm always like hi i, I almost did i literally like sprang an action there all right <laughs> i don't know why i can't hear anything wait one second okay of course okay. this is the only time this has happened where i'm a professional <laughs> Happens to us all the time. All the time. Be- Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. I'm just not going to use my headphones. I hope okay. you were talking mad smack about me that whole time when I couldn't hear. <laughs> we were literally like, we were really, really excited to have you on. And um, like, I don't know. I don't know if you've read, but like, we'll, we'll go through your bio ahead of time and read all of that. So we're just going to get right into it. But first, and I think I did this with Skyla last time, but I, I'm distracted by what's behind you. The artwork on your wall. I have a feeling Melanie might know what's I'm on very the wall. distracted. The screen is jumping too fast for me to have properly I Googled it, but I see lots of things that I like. <laughs> it's actually all the brilliant doing of my roommate who has pretty much every fandom you can imagine on every wall in our apartments. Um, <laughs> goes to a lot of cons and stuff. So yeah, it's it's a lot of Fire Emblem and Genshin and Zelda and yeah, we're not adults in this home. <laughs> Perfect. My favorite kind of people. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, okay. I, it's not on the questions, but I know your dedication um, has some... Okay, I please forgive me. I'm not an expert <laughs> on these matters I, I desperately wish to be but what is your dedication it's actually this I don't know if it's reversed for you but no, I can see it what is the swearing allowance for the next <laughs> very allowed I mark okay. out episodes explicit <laughs> amazing um yeah it's a timestamp of a show where one of the villains introduces himself but instead of saying like ladies and gentlemen he says bitches and bros and non-binary hoes um and people that is why my book is getting literally any traction right now so thank you adam from skate the infinity (laughs) yes i love it this is a total side note but i'm seeing your uh earrings for the first time melanie and i need those oh my gosh i made them i'll make you a pair if you like them oh really yeah wow yeah melanie she has like this bonus hidden talent or it's not hidden because we've talked about it and um um but she makes like these amazing earrings i mean she's got some explicit ones for sure but she also (laughs) has some happy face ones too (laughs) as you say this i have this sitting on my mantelpiece mocking me because this the little freaking Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh was my last attempt at a pu- at a beautiful <laughs> pair of earrings and it failed. It failed so hard. But thank you. Paige, <laughs> you might get happy uh, little earrings and some Christmas poo too. So, you know. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. We're so stoked to have you on. And I mean, can you just tell our lovely listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Paige and I write mostly YA rom-coms, but I'm also starting to trickle in the horrors of adult rom-coms. And it's horrors for me because I know um, more sexual things are occurring there. And that terrifies me to write because I've never written that, but I'm doing my best right now. We're (laughs) staying in YA where I truly belong. 
Um, and yeah, it's uh, I definitely rely more, I think, on the com than the ROM. Uh, so I was beforehand trying to write more serious queer stories and that just was not working. So I'm glad that I'm finally able to to post and write about things that I'm better at. <laughs> yeah, that though, like, I think a lot of that too, like a part of the writer journey is kind of finding your particular vo voice and feels like the you find it when you become more comfortable in yourself and not trying to be, you know, what we think we should be and just being funny or, or whatever. And it, it feels like you find your readers there because they can relate to you. Um, so, so thank you for doing that. And I, um, I have your book. I think I still have it on NetGalley. Um, and like the first line, uh, I can't remember. It's like a, it's like a cuss word in, in the snow. Um, I'm sorry. I'm so bad at remembering things, but I thought it was so funny and just like, it made me smile so hard. Um, so, so you're in the right place. You're doing the right things because you're, you're making everybody smile and laugh. And I love it, honestly. Thank you. Yeah, that's such a goal for me. And I feel like, especially right now with just being able to do this with a trans character, it's, it's super cool. You don't see that all the time. So hope yeah. other people like it as much as you. <laughs> Thank you. I very do. Much. They will. Of course they will. Uh, now, did you always want to be a writer? No, not at all. Um, I always love telling this and exposing myself because I didn't understand that books could be anything other than like of mice and men for like the longest time or all the like classics by white old guys um, up until college. I thought that's what literally every book was because my education system just didn't allow any other type of book. Um, it was just like public school, but it was, you know, I think things have changed now. I hear they're teaching like more Angie Thomas, but and, and things like that. But back then, I don't think back then I say I, I'm like only 27, but I know also I'm surrounded by like YA readers. So I feel super, super old all the time. <laughs> but yeah, in college, I think is when I finally I think I saw Becky Albertalli's debut on like a shelf when I was walking to class and I was like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. Yeah, oh, cool. you just you just reminded me, triggered me a memory <laughs> feeling older. I had a real called out old moment the other day when I bought shoes and I was like, these are really cute. And the girl who was helping me, I was like, I assumed we're like a similar age, similar category. And she's like, oh, she's like, every time those come out, she's like, I, I Insta buy my mom a pair. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I'll take two. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's no. a relatable feeling. <laughs> we're getting old it's okay well not you Paige no Melanie and I we're <laughs> you're perfect you're great I don't know. thank you <laughs> well we're all in you know such a children's space I'm sure yeah. you know it's hard to remember <laughs> yes I'm like I'm I'm young and hip and I'm like my daughter looks at me like she's like no <laughs> no <laughs> um so <laughs> anyway we won't go into that Triggered. I think we always, the good ones always feel young at heart though, right? Like it, it's kind of, I feel like even when I meet someone who's like 90 and they have like this certain sparkle in their eye that they've like kept that young adult alive inside. And I think it's like, we've talked about that before, but like possibly why we're all drawn to YA because it is so passionate and it is so like 
you know, grab life by the balls type of situation. <laughs> I love that. I well, so how did you go from not knowing about writer, mm. not wanting to be a writer to being a writer? How did that, like, when, when did you start writing? I, so yeah, I was really obsessed with video games growing up. And I think that's where I got a lot of my stories. And then, uh, I went to, I ended up getting, I was kind of treated like a foster care student for getting uh, a free ride to the University of Michigan where I studied music composition. And my goal with that was to do music for video games. So I was like, well, this is the closest that I can get to telling stories. I like, so I was considering like, okay, well, movies, well, there's like a whole team for that. And video games, well, there's a whole team for that. I want to control everything. Mm -hmm. That was the mindset I had. So I was like, well, I can control the music at least. Uh, and then I think my boyfriend at the time in college just said like, why don't you try this? Cause he read all the time. And I was like, oh, that sounds easy. Sure. And then I quickly realized writing a book is not that easy as we kind of all go through. Uh, but that's kind of where I did all my practice was through college. And then I think, um, right towards the end of college was when I queried for the first time. Oh, wow. Was it this, the book that you, you know, will debut with? Was it that book or was it a different book? No, it was not. <laughs> but it was the next one. Um, the the one I did at the end of college did actually get me into author mentor match. Maybe some of your other authors on here have mentioned that old yeah. mentorship program before. Um, so I did, you know, get like a mentor, my first foot in the door, which was super helpful. Um, mm. So definitely, I think maybe sometimes high schoolers and college students don't know if they can actually pursue publishing yet if they're too young. But I think you can definitely start working your way in there. And I, and I know some friends who are publishing in college. So mm. um, yeah, I definitely did that towards the end. And then I think like a, I wrote my debut novel in 2020. Um, so it was probably two years after college. Yeah. Okay. That is so, I love hearing everybody's like stories and journeys of how they got to publishing. So when you queried that original book, is that where you found your agent? No. Um, yeah, my agent was the one who sold the Borrow Boyfriend Club and that was who took me on with the Borrow Boyfriend Club. Um, and I did pitch words with Angela and you, uh, Melanie. So that was, all of that was the Borrow Boyfriend Club. Um, yeah, and getting an agent for that book was actually really, it wasn't as difficult as the first round by any means, but it still took like four-ish months to get a yes. And um, I was really down on myself because I really thought this book was special. And I, and going through the first time of a year, not getting any results, I was like, Oh, history is repeating itself. Uh, but then I got that first yes from an agent. And then when I went on sub to publishing houses, it was just immediate. Yes, yes, yes. And it was such a stark difference between like what agents are looking for versus what editors are looking for and how there can sometimes be a disconnect there. So I feel like querying authors, you just never know what could happen next because everyone's opinion seems to be different at every stage of publishing, which is stressful, but also maybe a positive twist if you're you know unsure about things right now. Damn, you're speaking to my heart right now. And like, it's honestly what I hold on to while I'm querying. Like, it it is really hard. The wait times are brutal in publishing. That It's just part of the game, isn't it? Like, it's, it's torture. And I think you really do go through those stages where you question the work. You're like, is it when you're waiting for like four months, five months, whatever it stretches into, you do ask yourself, like, is it any good? But I think... 
that's when that community around us, you know, you've got your checkpoints and whatever and stuff like pitch wars and orthomental match that can really help that process. Do you have like a tip, like what got you through it? What got you through the, the dire months of <laughs> the dark days of querying? <laughs> I think exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Just having that support system. But I remember when I first started looking into querying, I, I felt like everyone said that every author said have friends have a network have twitter friends and i was stressed out because i was like i don't know how to find those friends yeah um so i think what got me through those times when i still didn't have friends was the authors on podcasts like these who would say like just the only thing i know it's cheesy but just the only thing that's gonna 100 percent stop you is just giving up and i know sometimes it's for the best for your mental health like if you don't have the love anymore you can of course always step back mm -hmm. but just that every once in a while hearing that don't give up just keep throwing things at the wall hearing that from random authors helped me so much yeah oh my gosh I adore you it's it's so true and it's like like even I remember with pitch wars like pre-pitch wars I was just like oh I think like maybe it's just not any good and then overnight something can change it really is that and I think as long as you're writing and getting better and writing the stuff that you love, eventually you're going to find somebody that's like, this is what I've been looking for. But yeah, like it's, it's also hard finding that community, isn't it? Like it's networking is its own beast that takes a long time and, but it's so worth it in the end. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah especially I think publishing right now is trying to figure out where to go because Twitter is kind of not as what it used to be. And I think people are kind of going to Instagram, but it's definitely kind of a, a strange time to be doing that. So I hope everyone's giving themselves some some pats on the back and that it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It makes my heart honestly just feel a warm inside listening to you <laughs> say that because it, you know, it's, it's honestly very encouraging. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know, mm -hmm. even when you're a published author, who knows where it's going to go from there. And so you just keep going and, um, and, and sometimes you just can't for whatever reason. And that's mm -hmm. okay too. But if you can, you just keep going because you're, you're just one yes away. And, and it's so beautiful to see that, that here you are like on the precipice of, of your debut coming out and um, you, you didn't give up. And so now here we are talking about the Borrow a Boyfriend Club. And um, so, you know, first of all, congratulations. It's so exciting. I love both covers equally. I keep I keep going back and forth. And then I'm like, no, I just like them both so much. Uh, can you tell our listeners about your book? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have two different covers for the US and UK editions and everyone kind of feels the same way. I have American friends who are ordering the UK edition and, and United Kingdom friends who are ordering the American edition. So um, I, I got very lucky. But yeah, it's about a trans boy in high school who joins this boyfriend borrowing club at school that's secret in the basement. And he's just trying to fit in. But he also starts falling for the club president of the whole shenanigans and that's a huge problem because the number one rule of the borrow boyfriend club is that you're not allowed to fall in love you have to be single for like marketing purposes and branding <laughs> so 
And I know it sounds like, well, just get rid of the rule, but it gets more complicated than that, I promise. (laughs) It sounds like everything I want to be reading. I want the Netflix adaptation right now. (laughs) Universe, please manifest that. Honestly, I really went through a stage where I binged that vibe of stuff. So I'm very hungry for this book. (laughs) I could see it on Netflix, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it happening. Uh, okay, we'll manifest that. We'll manifest right? it. I'm getting a Listen, little bit of kissing booth vibes, and I binged that so hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll manifest. I love that energy. Um, and, and it's cheap to produce because all you need is a high school. So if you're listening, all these production teams, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we need it. We need it now. <laughs> yes, they listen to this podcast all the time (laughs) Netflix is listening right now so (laughs) you joke you joke but we were just talking about this before like it is surprising where there are eyes and ears and you never know you never know it could be the single grain of rice that tips the scale of the publishing persuasion (laughs) well if this happens you both get 50% cut of whatever (laughs) I can yes and I want a front row seat to this Paige said it, so it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> now, what was the inspiration for this book? Um, so it was 2020, and I think I mentioned this a little bit previously, but I had really only seen, and I'm sure there was stuff on the shelves, but I just wasn't coming across it. I hadn't really seen many like happy queer stories at that point, and I think this is something that's been touched upon before lately, but um. So it was the first time that I was not only writing a rom-com just to kind of cheer myself up during that time, but also it was the first time I ever wrote a trans protagonist uh, like myself. I just assumed that it wouldn't really be something that publishing would be ready for. Um, And I saw just a very few couple, I think like Aiden Thomas came out like right around that time and stuff. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. Uh, and it was right when I started medically transitioning too. So I did have a lot of insecurities that I think a high schooler transitioning also would. Uh, so it's very authentic to my experience. I think, um, it's, it's still very joyful and focuses way more on everything else, but I did try to really weave that, that narrative through there as well. Mm, That's honestly my favorite blend of media when you can have those really high laughs and like also tackle something really deep in it it's probably why I'm drawn to fantasy as well because fantasy tends to do that really well but like really I mean any great media does it and yeah because you get that you get those I actually feel like it hits harder than something that's heavy all the way through for me personally because you've got like these cheesy glorious goofy moments and then it's just like oh heartstrings twisting (laughs) I love that so much. Now, when you're writing and if you feel like stuck creatively, is there something like, can you share a tip for our listeners? What's your go-to thing if you're feeling stuck creatively? Oh gosh. Um, I, I think a lot of people tell me to, you know, go do your hobby or go for a walk. I'm still like three years into this. (laughs) I'm sure what my hobby is outside of writing. I have video games, but like I, I should stop with the eye strain, the computer. Like I just, I haven't picked up knitting yet or something. I need something. Paige, um, Paige have any suggestions? Uh, right now, <laughs> I need to tell you that Angela is over there and she is feeling seen. She is yeah. having, she has had a crisis about hobby, not having a hobby. So I'm gonna let you two <laughs> talk right now. 
<laughs> yeah. How are you doing with this page? Because every time I hear this, I always think, oh no, I need a hobby. And I, and I get stressed about a hobby. I don't have one. This is the hobby. Like, what are you doing? What, how are you surviving? I'm not. So if you figure it out, you can message me. <laughs> I will. Cause I tried puzzles. I can't, you know, they're fun, but I, tried that too. I don't know if it's a hobby for me, you know, I'm still working it out. Listen, I just want to hug you both right now and say that if it stresses you out more trying to find a hobby, you don't need one. Let it go. Let it go. What's your favorite TV series or something to unwind? I set you free. I set you free from needing to find a hobby right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I needed this so bad. Yeah, she's been telling me this and I keep like every time someone mentions hobby, I still get like, what What are we doing? And yeah, be free. We don't need the hobby. Just being, just existing is enough. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze, lay in the sun. Sometimes it's more stressful to try to organize a hobby, especially if you're time poor. Like just like that's perfect advice. Just be. Just be. We'll work on that. Paige and I will work on that. I have a feeling it's it's going to be a lifelong battle. For <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of battles, let's get into this. <laughs> um, what has been the hardest part of your writing journey so far? Mm. That's a good question. I think it's an interesting time to be a transgender author. Um, because I think, you know, you sometimes hear that diverse stories are the only stories that are being bought and that it's such, such a focal point right now. Um, and, you know, I think that's maybe because you see it so rarely that your brain flags it more as a and highlights it more. So you think there's more of it, but there's not actually that much. Um, and, you know, I, I would see transgender authors before I even got an agent, but even when I was still, you know, before I went on sub kind of hinting like, yeah, being a transgender author is not easy right now. Mm. And I still kind of thought like, well, it can't be like that bad because everyone who works in publishing is so, you know, progressive and and stuff like that. So, but I've, I've run into a few hurdles with that. And I think something that's really um, helped me with that is making sure I have, if you're a transgender author, I, I think specifically right now, I think it's really helpful to have an agent who you know is really like, in this for selfish and selfless reasons. Like I think every agent who offered on me had some sort of connection to, uh, they were transgender themselves or they had a transgender friend. I know like my agent has uh, a transgender kid. And so I think I can really trust her to be in this and do the fights that like really suck. Like it, I, I feel bad for her sometimes, the fights that she has to do. But, um, and I think it would be hard if you didn't have sort of a selfish reason for doing that. Like, and I get it, like it's, it's, it's a tough time. Um, so I'm really thankful for her. And I think just knowing the people you work primarily with and just knowing that you can trust them to fight for you and be there for you and they totally get what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do, um, that overcomes, you know, the bumps I've faced for sure. <laughs> mm, that was beautiful. You, you almost made me cry. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm an easy, I'm an easy cry. I feel those feels and it just comes out, but it's so true. Like having those people and just who have your back because you just, it's a long journey and yeah, I'm sorry you've faced that. It's so fucked up. 
<laughs> it's it shouldn't be like that, especially in this arena. Because yeah, like you said, you expect publishing is going to be a safe space, but motherfuckers. <laughs> it's... But uh, moving on from the negative side, what about the most rewarding part? All of the rewarding parts totally outweigh the the bumps and the and the not so rewarding parts for sure. I was just telling someone about that today, like. Um, it is such a gift to be able to publish a book, let alone this type of book and the friends I've made along the way, like who I've like the authors I've looked up to since I was like 18. I now just DM on a day to day basis like that is wild. <laughs> and like that can never, you know, uh, just that will always make me thankful no matter what happens, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've already, I, it's still a couple of weeks out until my book comes out, but I have like connected with so many teens and I really have, I know like crossovers really hot right now with YA and wanting to kind of cater to adults as well, but I've always just been like the teens. <laughs> and I think my, my book is actually on Amazon listed, even though it's YA, it's ranked from like seventh grade to ninth grade. Cause it is so teen leaning and so just it, like getting actual teens in my mentions and saying they're buying the book is like so cool oh that's the like you've got the stamp of approval from teenagers I think there's probably <laughs> nothing harder to get in the world um so good for you like I bow I bow because that like that alone you have absolutely made it <laughs> yeah teenagers sorry if I rambled there but no. no, please ramble. This is, we live for, we're both ranty. That's how we ended up with a podcast. So please rant with us. <laughs> but like teenagers do not hold back, right? Like they will just say the thing. And so, yeah, hundred percent. It's like any, any other review doesn't matter because they're the ones that matter. They're the ones who are your target audience. And yeah, it sounds like it's being received yeah. well especially like teens nowadays they really don't hold back so I know. for you to get some teenage love I think is beyond you know it really shows how good your book is yeah they're scary they're scary they have a lot of confidence don't they I have two in my house and you know <laughs> they're there's something yeah I was surprised uh, I was sitting down with my dog by the lake the other day and like this whole group of like teenage boys from school they were touring the gardens and they just stopped to have a yarn with me about my dog <laughs> it's like I would never in a million years back in my high school day have stopped and had like a chat with a lady a sh random lady in a park about her dog I just blew my mind <laughs> that's teenage. adorable that is really cute though honestly yeah it was cute <laughs> <laughs> Well, looking back at all that you've accomplished, because it's a lot, what mm -hmm. advice would you give a younger version of yourself before you started this journey? Mm. My first instinct was to say, calm down and like, it's going to be fine. But I know my younger version would like punch me in the face for saying that. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what to tell them. But I think, you know, when you're querying, when you're trying to publish a book, the emotions are so high like you there are some weeks where you are just crying in your bed every single day and you think that you are the only one who is this ridiculous about it um, but you're not 
everyone is so miserable about the process, <laughs> I promise. And it's not to like n- negate or like, you know, not to to say it's not important how you feel, but just know there are so many others who are going through the same thing and um, and that they got through it. I got I was crying for weeks for a while. Like it's you get you get through it. Um, so I would wish that he'd be a little easier on himself, but he won't do that. So I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just like a rite of passage at this point. I'm almost convinced that like the torture exists to like make us sure we want to do this you know because like Angela said before it doesn't end at querying you know it doesn't end at submission it doesn't end at your first book and like even some author friends I have who have been doing it for years and like they have books that fail they have books that like go out of print and it's like at every point you kind of like need to fight to want to be here it's just that kind of it's just that kind of industry isn't it yeah, I remember my Pitch Wars mentor, uh, Sophie Gonzalez, said that she's one of the only people, I think she debuted in 2016? Mm. No, no, that's way too old. Uh, twenty, I don't remember, 2019 maybe? Um, but she said that she's like the only person from her debut class still publishing books um, in that genre, at least. And it's, and it's surprising. But she has, like you said, I mean, every step of the way, she's had huge mm. obstacles. She has always something to complain about. And it's always super valid. And you think, you know, she's an international bestselling author. What does she have to complain about? She has book boxes. She has her film being adapted. And it's like, well, it just never ends. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think that's so good to hear. I mean, I know it's probably not great to hear. Nobody wants to hear that it, it gets harder. Mm-hmm. But it's truth and it honestly kind of makes you feel like okay I'm not alone in this everybody's just battling through the next you know hurdle and I think it's just like you're constantly building your armor and you know luckily it's like you're also building a community that can help you help lift you up when you do stumble and you know and the armor gets heavy look at me just being all like philosophical (laughs) you should be a writer Um, yeah yeah fantasy writer (laughs) but you know it's just one of those things that I feel like if you sometimes if you don't have those hurdles it 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 does become so easy you take it for granted too so it's it's one of those like weird yeah things where you're like I know it's going to be torture but you know in the end it'll be hopefully great and so you know it's that what do they say it's uh not a sprint it's a I don't run marathon not okay. yeah you were there you were there I was with you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I met my quota for the day of analogies uh, <laughs> I apologize I apologize <laughs> <laughs> so sorry well what's next for you Paige I mean I know you're about to debut so what's happening with that oh my gosh yeah that my debut, The Borrow Boyfriend Club, comes out September 12th in the US and the 14th in the UK and the EU and a couple other places. Um, then after that, I have another YA rom com coming all out called And They Were Roommates. And it sounds exactly what you think it's about. Um, and it's at a boarding school where a trans teen is trying to keep a low profile, but um, he ends up getting thrown in a room with uh, his hookup from summer camp from like two years ago before he transitioned. And he's also the principal's son. So it's just a matter of keeping things. It gets very messy and uh, chaotic. And I actually got an edit letter back for that recently. And the editor was like, 
this was longer than any fantasy uh, edit letter I'd, I had to write just because there's so many strange rules of this boarding school. And it's like a Sarah J. Moss book, but it's it's a rom-com, I swear. <laughs> I'm here for it. It yeah. sounds amazing. Any kind of boarding school. I mean, I'm here for, I think, I think the world will agree. We are all here for like just a messy boarding school rom-com. Yeah. I, I don't think you get anything better than that. What is it about it? Cause I fully agree. I'm always drawn to boarding school stuff. What is it about it? I wonder no adults, <laughs> teens running free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my days. What now tell us. What did you do? Well, I mean, you said you don't have a hobby, so I'm going to skip to the next question. Don't no, I won't. I won't. Melanie, don't bring it up. We've <laughs> already gone over this hobby shit, okay? Okay, but you're still allowed to have fun, even if you okay. don't have a hobby, like you love Disneyland, Angela. So I will come back to it. Is what What do you do to kind of just, like, switch off, have fun, forget about writing? Uh probably still just video games because the stories that kind of keeps me in the same space, but I, I can still kind of detach. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I need to work on this. I, <laughs> Angela, we gotta, I'm sorry for bringing it back to this place of trauma for you both. I really thought I could try to twist this a new way, but I'm <laughs> okay. I've got a better question. What are you watching right now? What's your, what's like something that we need to be watching that you're watching? You should reverse this question and tell me something you're watching because I my memory's gone. Debut weeks. <laughs> yeah, yes, you you're allowed this. You're allowed this. I'm watching One Piece. Oh, I want to watch that. I love it so far. I oh, mean, God. I think I, not so far. I just love it. It's really really fun. Honestly, it's cute as heck. I'm it's not such cute. a it's proud cool. anime mama over here right now because a lot of people don't attempt One Piece. I mean, you've dived into the live action, I'm assuming, because of your son. Yes. Because he's watched all of One Piece, so he knows everything. So I'm watching with him, and he's like, oh, they changed this, they did that. But he Mm. really likes it, and I really like it. So it's really fun. You should try it. Yes. I 100% agree. They killed it. I'm a One Piece fangirl, and I, even the changes they made, I was not mad at any of it. It really helped to just, because it's such a huge, there's thousands of episodes they really, right. the changes they made just made the story feel more seamless, I think. And it's it's such power. If you can weather all the episodes, the anime is actually incredible as well. Like, I think that anime actually critically changed things in my brain for the better. Like, I would go so far as to say that. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's my fangirl raving on that too. And I'm so proud of you for watching it. I can't even. We're going to rant more in the intro about that. I need to talk more about it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I see we have, we're running low on time, but there's one more question that is fun that Melanie came up with, which is what's the strangest, most interesting thing you own? I read that earlier and I couldn't think of anything, but (laughs) something, another reason why people are talking about my book on TikTok is because they sent out the biggest heaviest arcs of all time this weighs like at least 10 pounds i know it looks small on camera right now but every blogger was like it's like a child um so this is the strangest thing at least in reference to my book that i will ever own (laughs) sorry my dog's growling in the corner (laughs) 
Yeah, that is, um, that's huge. I love it so much. You better keep it forever. <laughs> and it's a good weapon. You know, you just, you never know. I, yeah, I'm, I feel like that's a treasured item to have. Like it, it looks, it's just glorious. Is the font big? No, the the pages are really tiny within the massive pages, so it doesn't need to be this way at all. <laughs> that is the best. Well, we're going to get cut off any yeah. second, but thank you for joining us. This was so much fun, honestly. Thank you both. You're great hosts. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I'm a copy of that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so great. You healed my soul today, and yeah, we'll... Come back anytime and we'll have more yarns for more books every time. Thank you all. Bye.